0: Hey, it's Allie. And Jenny. And if you like what you're listening to on Once More With Commentary, we would love it it if you guys would subscribe either from iTunes or Google Play because that's where we are.
1: And we'd also love it if you would take a moment to rate and review us on either of those platforms.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to Once More with Commentary, or this week, welcome to The Darkest Timeline.
1: <laughs> I'm Allie. It is totally that. I'm Ginny.
0: And it is The Darkest Timeline, I think.
1: It really is.
0: Yeah. All you cool community fans out there will get my reference. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, this week we we're talking about The Wish and Amends, episodes 9 and 10. I really like The Wish. <laughs> it's a great episode. It's- That's all I have to like. What are we even gonna say about it? It's wonderful,
0: yeah, I mean i have I have so much to say about it.
1: I know that's um yeah.
0: I was really excited to get to that one to watch, but um, mm-hmm. that's an ongoing like theme of this season is I was so excited to get to this episode, <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh yeah, yeah, um, uh, well, have you had a good week
0: uh, yeah, I think mostly, um. I, like, honestly, like, <clears throat> don't remember my week right now. Like, I woke up this morning and I was just, like, <laughs> oh. Like, I just think I'm so focused on everything I have to do this weekend that, like, mm-hmm. the week is, like, kind of done. Yeah. Um, I've been on a quest for, like, a pair of jeans that will fit me. And it's mm-hmm. just so depressing. Yeah. So, I, like, have, like, five boxes piled up in my room right now of things <laughs> I need to return. <laughs> like, it, was, it would be a lot faster if I would just, like, go to the mall and, like do this in maybe. person but like I'm not convinced it's just so much more painful to do it that way I think
1: yeah I don't know though the thing that I found because I am a like pretty dedicated online shopper only and one time I tried to go out to like I was like you know maybe it'll be faster if I just like go to all these stores but then the stores don't have as much stock as like they don't have everything that's on the website
0: right well that's so, like my I went looking for too. specific
1: things and then I was like oh you don't have anything here so like now this was a waste of my time
0: yeah, so. and like for me being a short person, like if they yeah. have petite sizes, they don't have like petite, they yeah. frequently don't have them in the store. And yeah. so, like for example, there was one pair of jeans that I somehow convinced them to let me return even though I had taken the tags off. Mm-hmm. And but then the reason was because they were just too big. And so, mm-hmm. I um I went online and I saw that they had not only like a smaller size, but they had petites and I was like, "Great, this is exactly what I need." Except mm-hmm. like the length on the regular ones was actually pretty okay. And then the petite ones, it turns out, they were like capris. And I was oh, like, This weird. is not what they're supposed to look like. This is not what they look yeah. like on the on the website. Yeah. I was so pissed. Because I was like, now I've like I feel like if they pay too much A attention to it this, it's gonna with, look yeah. like I'm like committing some kind of fraud. I'm something. pretty
1: sure they're not gonna do that. <laughs>
0: But it's just so annoying, you know? Like, you think you've narrowed down by trying it on, like, what you need, and then Mm -hmm. there's some weird quirk that, like, throws your game. And also, all of this is only happening because, like... I never know what size I am anymore because they, they somehow think that I will be so thrilled if they convince yeah. me that I'm a smaller size, right. but no, I would just love to know what I'm supposed to buy yeah, forever. Yeah, can we just
1: make, literally use waistband sizes and make them real?
0: <laughs> well, they do, see, that's what gets me is they do use mm-hmm. waistband sizes and then they still size it down and yeah. I'm like, this no, I is know. where you're going wrong, like, okay, I'll give you your extra, extra, extra small and like, if you want to mm-hmm. play that game, whatever, But, like, if if I'm trying on a pair of pants a certain size, do not lie to me and tell me that they're too big. Because, like, I've measured my waist. I know what, you know, it's just so annoying.
1: Well, also just, again, that weird, like, thing about men's and women's clothing where it's, like, men's pants sizes have, like, three measurements. And women's are just your waist size. It's like, well, I have many other measurements between my waist and my feet. So this isn't really that helpful.
0: Well, you know, I actually found one brand of jeans that sells their jeans that way, and it's actually Mm. really awesome, except they don't offer very many styles in the shorter inseams, Mm. so Mm -hmm. again, doesn't really solve my problem.
1: But but I'm not even saying, though, like, you shouldn't have to find the one company that does it. It's literally common for all men's pants at, like, JCPenney and Walmart and, like, every higher-end store, so, like, why do, you know, again, you know,
0: ugh. Yeah, it is very annoying to be a woman. Yeah. Like, and I understand the business reasons behind all of this. Like, it's like, they're like, oh, we love yeah. when people think they're buying smaller sizes. They'll buy more or, but you like know. But, like, that
1: jig has been up for so long. And, and they're Stop. not consistent from season to season. <laughs> exactly. Because, like, yeah.
0: sometimes they'll, like, go with vanity sizing and sometimes they don't. And so it's like, yeah. every time I have to Always buy jeans again, I'm just like, ugh. And I wear them yeah. almost every day. So, like, I go through them kind of fast.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, <sighs> you'll find one you like and then just buy 10 pairs. That's my
0: plan. Yeah. <laughs> so um uh, how was your week well. i know you've been uh reliving a movie
1: <laughs> yeah i'm living reliving cabin in the woods although so far i haven't found any cursed objects or basements uh i in fact did check under the house and there's just like <laughs> pi- pipes down there there's like a little uh there is like a little access to under the house but it's definitely just yeah pipes it's like a and, crawl space yeah it's not a full basement um but yeah i'm on on vacation in a cabin in north carolina um it's been pretty great. It's a nice, it's a nice house. It's a uh, yeah, someone you know. It's a family house. Um, it's a quaint little town. There's uh, yeah, lots of woods. I'm actually pretty allergic to the woods. <laughs> I keep sneezing. <laughs> I sat on the porch yesterday and read and it was really really great like it was really fun and relaxing and I was like this is the perfect life my feet were up and then like 20 minutes in I started sneezing a lot and I was like oh right you're still allergic to nature. <laughs> <Is> <laughs> it,
0: was it like a little disappointing really piney? like there's a lot of yeah. pine trees.
1: Yeah. I don't you know I don't feel like I've always had this reaction though cuz like in California you know we spent a lot of time especially when I was younger like going to piney areas so it must be something, there must be something else, you know, here in this fauna. You know, I will tell you that. that I don't, that um, I'm not used to.
0: The pollen that comes from it is really intense. So like, I remember my great grandparents used to mm. live in North Carolina and I mm-hmm. remember going to visit them and like in the morning, like the car would just have like this, like. Oh, like a dusting. Dust. Uh, yeah. yeah. So like, that's probably what you're going through. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but I started reading the Golden Compass. Ooh. Everyone's really excited. You, yeah. I'm so excited for you. Yeah. Yeah, Alex told me that it was his Harry Potter. Like, he had never read Harry Potter, which is insane. And so.
0: I mean, he's like, he's not that much older than us. Like, I don't know. He's, he's our
1: age. <laughs> he's like a year older. <laughs> I don't know why he didn't do it. But anyway, he, he was like, well, if I read Harry Potter, you have to read The Golden Compass, which, frankly, is a deal that I forgot about, but I bought that. I got a copy of The Golden Compass for free at work. And so I was like, oh, I'll just bring this. But uh, I'm only two chapters in, but I like it. I think I, I think I'm going to like it.
0: But your timing is really good because then you can mm-hmm. blow through the trilogy and then read the new one. Read the new one. Yeah. Which I think is a prequel actually.
1: Yeah. Um, I know everyone's really, really nervous good. about it. I yeah, the good thing is that all my friends will have read it by then, so I'll be able to read it or not if the, you know, depending on the consensus.
0: I don't know. I mean, I feel like stuff like that, at least for me, like even if people are like, "Oh, it's terrible." I'm like, "Well, I'm going to mm-hmm. read it for myself because it might be terrible, everyone might be right, but, like, I just kind of want to know what happens. <laughs> mm.
1: See, I'm the opposite. I'm, like, if I got to a place with something where I really like it, I'm happy. Especially if it's the actual end of it, you know? Like, yeah, yeah like you read Cursed Child, and I was like, you know, I'm not into it.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't know love happens, Cursed Child, but, but I wanted to read it.
1: Yeah, and I didn't.
0: Mm. I well, go back and forth on my opinion of Cursed Child, actually. Yeah. but
1: um, Anyway. Anyway, we should talk about Buffy. and Or we can just, re- I'll, we'll just recount Cabin in the Woods
0: from start uh, to finish. Sure. I it is Alex's cousin's that.
1: place, but he does really have a cousin, and I have, in fact, seen photos of him. So i did. it's not some weird setup where... Does that person even have a cousin?
0: Did you get, like, a bottle of hair dye that you... Like, no, I
1: didn't. I <laughs> <laughs> haven't dyed my hair. <laughs> There's no two-way mirrors.
0: Yeah, I. am no, um, I actually
1: haven't checked behind every painting though. There are a lot of paintings on the walls. So. See, the
0: lack of a basement is a good thing because that's where like yeah, a lot of the, the, the main stuff thing. was. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, touch the wrong thing and then.
1: Uh, okay, um, so going into the wish, which is we are already fanning out about it, and we haven't even talked about it. Uh, So basically the setup, you know, um, there's some minor things that they're kind of keeping us in on. Faith is kind of missing in action. We're not exactly sure what she's been up to. Uh, And this is on the toes of uh, Cordelia and Oz finding Willow and Xander kissing in the last episode and Cordelia getting impaled by a piece of rebar. Um, So Cordelia, you know, Cordelia and Oz both have not forgiven their counterparts yet. And uh, Cordelia is finally making, or is like making her return to school after her big injury, and she's been in the hospital all this time. So she, you know, makes a big show of it. She's wearing this like, re- you know, really intense leather, red leather outfit, and drives a fancy car to school to try and show everyone that she's back to herself. But kind of right away, her friends, you know, her quote-unquote friends, like just make fun of her. Um, but in tow with her crappy friends is this new girl Anya who later on like finds Cordelia off on her own and befriends her kind of saying like, Oh yeah, those other girls are really dumb actually. And you seem like you're more interesting. Um, So once they start hanging out, Anya kind of encourages Cordelia to make a wish and Cordelia wishes for that Buffy never came to Sunnydale. And as it turns out, Anya is a demon who grants wishes (laughs) sort of. And uh, so she makes that happen. So immediately Cordelia is in another basically in an alternate universe where Buffy never came to Sunnydale. And she's so excited because at first it's clear that like Cordelia is back to her position on top in like kind of the social hierarchy of the high school. You know, all the boys are asking her out. All of her friends are admiring her, although they comment that like she's wearing this blue dress and they think that's really weird. So quickly we kind of find out that like, well, without Buffy in Sunnydale, vampires have run wild. The school has monthly memorials for the dead students there's a curfew a strict curfew in the town nobody can go to the bronze because it's a vampire hangout and mostly we find out or like most importantly we find out that the master was never killed so he's still running the show in sunnydale he's come up with this terrible new plan where he (laughs) uh, uh with uh mass production or something to that effect where he's gonna quickly kill humans and serve them up in an espresso machine to all the town's vampires um so Cordelia eventually realizes that she, of course, was wrong. She they need Buffy, and she make the town better. So uh, she unfortunately gets attacked by Xander and Willow, and rescued by Giles and his kind of like hodgepodge team of of little vampire fighters. And right before she dies, she manages to tell Giles something about Anya, and and Giles uses that to kind of piece together what's happened. So um, we just kind of see the rest of the this universe play out the master still kills Buffy uh basically everybody kind of gets killed at the very end and then at the last moment Giles figures out that by breaking Anya's necklace he can reverse this spell which he does and then we're back in the real world where Anya no longer has any powers much to her dismay and the trio and the Scoobies are all still together phew yeah um but, yeah, I mean, this is, like, a pretty classic be careful what you wish for setup, but I feel like all the, like, specifics, you know, as applied to this Buffy universe are really fun.
0: Well, you it's know. it's so fun because it's not just a, like, be careful what you wish for, isn't this a fun reality kind of game that they're playing. It's mm-hmm. all very much rooted in the events of the pilot where, yeah. you know if Buffy hadn't come to town when Giles was expecting her and mm-hmm. she hadn't stopped the master from, um, or the harvest Rising, or whatever yeah. they were going to do, like if she hadn't rescued Xander and Willow, they would have died along with Jesse. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, like I, what's interesting is we didn't see like Darla hanging around in a nice touch. There are, um, I,
1: Yeah. I do have some kind of questions, but not holes exactly. Yeah, but yeah. she's one of them. Where is Darla? Yeah, but <laughs> I but guess we somebody see, like, else killed
0: her. What the spiraling effect would have been of her, because that was like the master's big plan. And mm-hmm. um, and then it's interesting, yeah, like the other way other things fall, come out, like where in the end the master still does kill Buffy, mm-hmm. um, but this time As it's was like prophesied. not yeah. tied to, like, they don't know that it's tied to like prophecy. It's just like, you right. know. Um, we get another reference to there being a Hellmouth in Cleveland. <laughs>
1: yeah, they didn't, I feel like they didn't say it though, and I kept waiting for them to.
0: No, yeah, they, they didn't. say it later. But, yeah, like, or,
1: I, maybe it's just in Ohio, but either way, that is funny.
0: But it is funny that Giles is having to convince whoever is on the phone that Sunnydale is in fact on a Hellmouth. Right, they, yeah. they don't know this. They just think it's been overrun with vampires, which you would think if a town was basically just overrun to the point of all of this like yeah. this level of vampires that the watch yeah. would have sent the slayer there long before anyway yeah.
1: or everyone would have moved out of town why are there still humans here but it's but, really sure. interesting
0: we see who like is in giles's little brigade like yeah. Oz is still looped in and larry is you know yeah helping. that, it's that girl really, i didn't recognize um, like,
1: i thought and, she was um that bad girl that buffy was trying to play on the parent teacher night with at first but i don't think it was her so
0: no i think she it was, it was just, just some random, random person yeah Fair enough. Um, but it's all really interesting. And, like, even Anya tells Giles, like, this is way more interesting than I would have thought. Um, right. And it all goes back to Cordelia's, like, misguided belief that, like, Buffy is the cause of all of this. Right. Like And I think she's using the rationale of, like, if she hadn't gotten involved with all this Slayer stuff, she wouldn't have been spending so much time with Xander. And right.
1: Then, well, and um, as she so eloquently puts it, she made him marginally cooler by hanging with him. Yeah. <laughs> Buffy made Xander cooler. <laughs> she wouldn't have even noticed him. <laughs> It is funny, though, the way that she kind of makes that leap of logic, because she is obviously really mad at Xander, but she does kind of pivot it. I think maybe it's because, you know, because she's clearly at the beginning of this episode, like, she's really upset about all of this. You know, she is completely heartbroken. Like, we see her crying in bed and, like, burning pictures of Xander, you know? Uh, So I guess what I'm saying is that, like, I think she can't quite bring herself to hate him yet, because she's just she's still a little bit in love with him, you know? Right,
0: yeah. So that's why she kind
1: of has her redirected on Buffy because she can't focus on him.
0: Exactly, that's what I was going to say. Like, she's, as much as she, like, is so angry with him, she's still in love with him, so, like, Buffy becomes, like, the focus of her anger, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. which is also a convenient way to have this... um, Story play out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I I wonder how interesting it really would have been had she wished that Xander had never been born. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Or Uh, never come to Sunnydale or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it is—it's real. It is a really dark glimpse of like what this show could be, like you mm-hmm. know, because everyone well, and, does die, and Cordelia dies very early in the episode, yeah,
1: which I always love. Not obviously, I don't love watching Cordelia die, but I—that—that's I, the one that's like it always surprises me a, a little bit. Like, oh, she's definitely the protagonist of this episode, and that they kind of let her die in the middle of it is like, oh crap, I didn't expect you to do that, you know? Yeah.
0: It's a nice—it's
1: a nice Ned Stark. Uh, of, of course, it's completely reversible because this universe is reset at the end of the episode. But I, I always like that they did that. That she's not the one who, like, she come, She does have this, like, epiphany in the middle of the episode, right? Where she's like, oh, I should have never wished for this and we totally need Buffy. And, like, two minutes later she's dead and it's like, okay, well, you're not going to be the one that figures this out and solves everything.
0: Well, and the irony of, like, how she dies is just great. Where You, um, know-, you know,
1: getting sucked by... Xander and
0: Willow. <laughs> yeah, but like Xander and Willow as a couple. Yeah, you know, like creepy killing of Cordelia. <laughs> it's like very. I mean, there's a lot of that little. Yeah, um, exactly. Like like the way Cordelia dies, like she's um, killed by Xander and Willow, and Xander has his hand on Willow's head when they're biting mm-hmm. her. Like the, like they've teamed up once again to like you know Yeah, bring her down. Yeah, and then also we see um, during the fight at the end Mm -hmm. um oz kills willow by her but essentially he like stabs her in the heart the way Mm -hmm. she stabbed him in the heart and like xander (laughs) finally gets to kill angel like
1: yeah all that stuff is like really cool
0: little easter eggs in there it
1: is true also though for what i mean we're not necessarily we're not at the end of the episode yet but yeah like that scene always kind of gets me i think it's really sad i I really like every time I'm like, man, it's so awful to watch everyone we love just kill each other, and they have no idea that they're even friends, you know, like we see angels like pining for Buffy, but he doesn't really know what that means, and she doesn't even register that he's there, basically,
0: um and really she sees it's him what, die, and she's just like, next like, whatever, like, yeah. yeah
1: I mean, and why you know why would she care? She's yeah. never met him before and or she you know met him ten minutes ago, and he's a vampire um. I mean, I think the most obvious kind of uh, point that they make with Buffy in this episode is, you know, she's not the same without her friends and without her watcher. She's a completely different person. And she's a lot more, I don't want to say, like, faith. Because she's not, she still doesn't seem to be, like, wild. But, yeah, she's just, like, she is a combat person. She is, like, a soldier. And that's her whole whole thing.
0: Which is interesting because I don't, like... Buffy's past before she came to Sunnydale, there was no mm-hmm. indication that that's the direction that she was headed in. So,
1: But maybe if you took her out of Southern California, drop her in Ohio, Cleveland with no friends, and your watcher won't let you have any friends. Yeah, maybe. But I, yeah, I mean, it is a pretty sharp 180. But I think also, most importantly, yes, at the end of this, the master, kill he breaks her neck instead of drowning her. So like, it's pretty much irreversible, but also, again, like the whole point in the Season 1 is that she had friends. She had Xander there with her who could resuscitate her and in this, you know, in this reality she has no friends, so she's definitely she's just left to the regular fate of a slayer. She her death doesn't actually make me that sad. I like that it's a nice uh closes kind of the prophecy on, "Hey, you were definitely going to die at the hands of the master no matter where you went." Uh but the way that like every time I watch Oz kill Willow it just breaks my heart a little bit. And see Angel Pine for Buffy.
0: Yeah. It's, I, I mean, like, to put everyone in these positions is so, um, it's just so interesting, so.
1: Well, I mean, and, yeah. I mean, and in particular, what I, I really also, we're kind of jumping back and forth, but, like, Giles' little team of misfits that he's put together to help fight vampires, like, how charming is it, though, that those guys, you know, that Larry is, like, you know, we found out a few episodes ago, or, you know, in season two, that, like, hey, he's actually... You know, he's still done some things that he needs to apologize for, but his heart is probably in the right place. So, like, to see him, you know, in the heat of the moment, he's, he's found a way to make himself useful, as has Oz. You know, it's just sweet.
0: Because it's never really answered if Oz is a werewolf in this reality. Right. That's why he got involved with all of this. True. Um, but they don't know
1: that Giles was supposed to be a watcher, so... I, I don't know. It's a little bit unclear, you know, how do they all get together? Why do they, ta- why do they go to Giles? I guess he was the only one expressing any knowledge about how to kill demons and stuff and vampires, but... Um.
0: I don't know. I You know, that's so... You talked about that scene <clears throat> at the beginning where Cordelia is burning all of her, like, photos of Xander. Mm-hmm. And I always wonder, is that... Did that summon Anya? <laughs> because... Maybe, yeah. Like, it would seem like it could have, and then... But then Anya's just hanging out with them, like, the next day. That seems a little fast. But, well, like, it's... I, to me, like, she... She's kind of going through these like ritual things of Mm -hmm. like burning photos and like all this stuff. And I feel like Anya, you know, we learn a little bit more about who she really is a little bit later. That to me would be the kind of thing that would get her attention a little bit. And I always just find it so ironic that she like to get over her ex-boyfriend, she summoned (laughs) his future girlfriend. Yeah,
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's true. Um, I mean, I think you're right that that that's definitely what called Anya there. But I think it was less the ritual and more just the extreme emotion. Because they do later in later seasons, um, the Vengeance demons definitely uh, allude to the fact that they can kind of feel people's uh, strife that way. You know, like beacon, it's a beacon to them. Yeah. Um. So. So yeah, no, but that it, yeah. I mean, it is funny that she's the one who brings Anya to town. Um. Do you think? I mean. Unlike with Spike, or maybe one or two other characters, it see, it doesn't, it, Anya didn't make a big impression on me in this episode, in the way that's, like, I guess they just already knew they wanted to bring her back, or did they, you know, did, is there something in this episode that I'm not seeing that was, like, oh, that was so great, we have to have you stick around?
0: You know, that's it, some, what I don't, I don't know, because I thought she was originally brought in for, like, a one-off guest yeah. spot like this, but you know, at this point, Emma Caulfield was not like a nobody. Like she had been oh, on really? 90210 okay. for a while. And oh, I, I wonder that. if the plan was to kind of bring her back because like, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the role she plays later in this season is a role that like her specific like character could fill. So I wonder mm-hmm. if like, they were like, okay, we're going to bring you in like twice during, um, the season, or if later they were like, oh, you know what would be cool is to remember this character, like, what's she been up to, like, let's have her come yeah. in and kind of tell them what's what, but, um, yeah, I don't know, because I agree, like, she wasn't, like, Spike coming in and, like, blowing everyone away, but she also wasn't really given that much to do. Right, like, exactly,
1: she's not in it that much, like, I don't know what she could have done with the line, like, oh, is that Prada, <laughs> you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, she's a little <laughs> bit funny at the end mm-hmm. when she loses her powers, and she's, like, right. trying to say, like, done. Oops done mm-hmm. but like you know it, but she's just not really yeah she doesn't lot. have enough time like we don't to do see anything. her in the alternate dimension until giles summons her mm-hmm. so um yeah i don't i don't know i yeah I, that's something i we'll feel cut, like i've heard her it. talk about it in interviews yeah. before but i don't remember what the story was
1: yeah i feel anyway. like they must have just already made that decision at least to bring her back for one episode and then maybe after that one they were like oh yeah. Okay, well, we'll have to look at it before the next one she's in. Because this um, is
0: not a one-off character. No. Yeah.
1: We haven't talked about Dark Willow.
0: <laughs> well, this is... Who <laughs>
1: is the greatest
0: thing since sliced bread. <laughs> is this Dark Willow or Vampire Willow? Well, this like, is Vampire Willow. Yeah. But
1: I think Dark Willow is kind of the overarching term for all, any and all versions of Willow. Okay. Maybe you're right. You're right. You're right. This is Vampire Willow.
0: I love Vampire Willow.
1: I do. I mean... It's funny because I was watching Xander be evil, and I was thinking like, well, I really enjoy this version of Xander. He's not doing that much that differently, but he's—it's more fun for, for me for him to be a vampire and evil because he's got—he's basically behaving the same way. Except in this universe, I get to root for him to you know get his comeuppance. Not that I don't do that all the time, but you know what I mean. Anyway, and I was thinking like, oh, a vampire Xander is better than like Willow comes on the screen. And you're like, that was—that was a lie. The only thing that matters is vampire Willow. She's so good.
0: Well, she's so, um, she's evil in the way that you would expect Willow to kind of be evil. Like think about yeah, how she's, eager Willow is about everything anyway. Yeah, and like, yeah. you know, she's very quiet and like kind of, um, she very much enjoys being a vampire it seems, but she's also kind of like almost childlike around Playful, the master. Playful, yeah. And then, yeah. but she's also like very, um, she almost seems curious as to like how much she can hurt Angel. Yeah. Like the yeah. way she's like torturing him seems almost experimental.
1: Right, That's a but good point.
0: she's just so like. Do you want to play? Like, yeah, know, like, like she's yeah. No, she's um terrifying. Actually,
1: she is. I mean, see uh, the flip on the reverse, right? They obviously saw this and were like, "Well, we need to bring vampire Willow back because this was fun, so fun to watch." They must have just died when Alison Hannigan like came on the set. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I uh, mean, first of all, like, it's another example, too, of like, she reminded me a lot of Drusilla in terms of like her uh, outfit choices. Mm-hmm. Like, why is she wearing like a weird, yeah. What about her being a vampire makes her want to wear a full leather, like, onesie with like, you know, it's just a weird yeah. outfit.
1: <laughs> That's just what vampires wear, Ali.
0: <laughs> they like a lot of leather, I guess. Yeah,
1: and laces and like Victorian details. <laughs> we get to say bored now, now, and everyone will know what we're talking about. Yes,
0: this was the first favorite. example of bored now, <laughs> which is so great. And we get it, I think it's a little bit better in the next time we see it. Yeah. But, um, but it, it is like that thing. And I don't know if they wrote that for her, or if she kind of she came, came up, up, up with, with it. That. But I just love the way she's just like bored now. Like, that's the most dangerous thing you can hear. Yeah, anyone. Utter.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I imagine that they wrote that. But again, like, Watching her and Xander, because they're on screen at the same time, basically, the you know, the whole episode, like, they've probably written similar stuff for Xander, but uh, Nicholas Brendan just can't, you know, he's, he's fine, but he like, can't elevate it the way that like, you know, Bored Now on paper could be said a 100,000 ways. And well, you know, Alison Hannigan is the one who kind of gives it this like, really particular delivery that just makes it extra chilling and like, also hilarious. Yeah. mm
0: I, I, do, I, agree. I don't think Xander or Nicholas Brendan really did um, a whole lot with the opportunity mm-hmm. to play evil. Like, Yeah. you know. Or, again, he,
1: is it because Xander's already evil and there's really just not much to do?
0: Well, I don't know because, like, we saw, <laughs> you know, last season, David Boreanaz, like, just let loose with evil no, Angel. Right. And yeah. he was having a blast. And, like, yeah. it just kind of seems like Nicholas Brendan doesn't really know what he's supposed to be doing here. Yeah, yeah,
1: I agree. Um, so here's some, some questions that I have, not like bad ones. Just, I'm just curious that I enjoy that they brought the master back in this episode. He seems I, and maybe this is just my memory. But he seems a little bit more whimsical than he really was in season one. And I wonder if it's like, you know, is this because he's not stuck underground anymore or is this because the writers of Buffy felt bad that, that, pretty talented actor got stuck in a kind of short season, you know, where his he didn't really get that much to do. I just was like, "Oh, he seems like he's kind of joking around with with uh, Willow and Xander, like and he's kind of letting them, you know, make suggestions in a way that I feel like in season 1 he was very strict with Luke and Darla, you know, that he was the master and he's the one in charge." I just thought it was kind of funny. I was like, "Oh, you're a little you're a little more jovial now that you're not trapped." <laughs>
0: Well, I think it just reflects like the way the show went, like mm-hmm. it's a little bit less self-serious about the mm-hmm. vampire stuff. And, you know, I think they're letting him have a little bit of fun with yeah. it. Yeah. So do you
1: think they're apologizing to that actor? Sorry, we stuck you in a hole and didn't let your character grow at all.
0: Sorry, we put you in a cave with torches the whole time. Sorry, you
1: could have maybe been an interesting character, but we just never had the time for it. So have fun in this one episode.
0: Maybe. That's what, that's
1: what I think they're doing. <laughs> but I did like him. I thought he was very fun. And his, like, yeah, he says, oh, mass production is a truly demonic invention. Like, that's hilarious. And probably true. <laughs> yeah. Like, I love when, when evil creatures do something like that. Like, point to something that's so undeniably human and be like, actually, this is super evil, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I also wonder, I, I like that they don't explain this, but what do you think the story is? You know, is, are Willow and Xander really high-ranking? I have to imagine that Willow is still an overachiever and that, that she has, you know, um, that the, the master must like her because she's smart. She probably invented that machine for him.
0: It seemed to me like maybe they weren't necessarily high ranking, but that they had become kind of trusted mm-hmm. um, minions because, mm-hmm. like, they're still kind of out scouting for food and... um you know, that's how they encounter Cordelia Mm -hmm. and they do get in trouble when they don't bring Cordelia back to, um, to the master. Um, but yeah, I mean, it kind of just seemed like they were one of, you know, a lot of vampires, but Mm -hmm. that, yeah, they probably had, they were like
1: on the stage with him at the end.
0: Yeah. But like they had caught the master's attention, but like, it didn't Mm. really seem like they were like number one and number two.
1: Mm, Okay. I kind of I, I want to live in a world where Willow is always the highest achiever, no matter if she's evil or not.
0: I mean, it, that could have been, <laughs> and I just kind of didn't pick up on it.
1: I don't think they were that specific about it at all. I, I do think it was a little, they were on the stage with him, but you're right that that could have just been the results of having killed Cordelia and that brought them enough, you know, leeway for the, the one night.
0: I mean, it's not clear really how much the master mm-hmm. takes Cordelia seriously, where, you know, mm-hmm. she's talking about the slayer and he's kind of like, well, why is she doing that? But then she's mm-hmm. dead, so it kind of seems like he doesn't really, like, pay that much attention.
1: I think he takes her seriously, but, yeah, I guess you're right. Not not in the sense that he should have been far more worried than he was. He kind of lets it go quickly.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, so, huh. do you think... So when they when they are all coming to the bronze at the end and we mm-hmm. or or not at the end um, at the the first time we see the bronze and that it's uh-huh. fully become like a vampire hangout mm-hmm. um, was that faith that was being fed on?
1: <laughs> uh, I don't think so.
0: It really looks and like her. I
1: say that because I was reading. You know, I was I was googling around this morning and I read a thing that said a lot of people think faith is in the episode, but it was just an extra with a similar haircut.
0: Looked a lot like faith, and I was like, that would have been a really fun. <laughs> that like, would thing be funny. Put in there.
1: Well yeah. I mean why would she be in Southern California? But then well, again, the she's a free yeah. spirit. Why wouldn't she be? So she
0: hasn't been called as a slayer, so right. why would she be there?
1: No, you know, you're right. They should have put her in the background. I think that would be funny.
0: Yeah, like she just hmm. stumbled into this town and mm-hmm. yeah. Um also I, I wanna point out that giles and his little gang are still Mm -hmm. hanging out in the undefended library
1: yeah yeah they haven't learned anything ever
0: and this seems like a place where you (laughs) like especially wouldn't want to do that
1: yeah that's a great point Why? yeah why would they not go in giles's home where they have to invite vampires yeah who knows um so okay here's kind of my last question is uh where's the mayor in this universe is yeah. he, you know, are did the mayor and the master fight it out and the mayor lost? Because that was kind of the argument that I made last night. Because there's no way that the mayor would let this go on that badly or that long unchecked. You know, people are like, they're having monthly memorial services at the high school. It's just the cat's out of the bag.
0: Well, doesn't it kind of beg the question then also <clears throat> what was the mayor allowing to happen in the pilot when they were True. planning the harvest to begin with? Because it's very clear, like we learned you know, he's very aware of who Spike was and what Spike mm-hmm. was up to. So I have to believe that he also was aware that there was some vampire under the city that was, like,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: hatching these plans. And, like, unless the master did it in a way that was just, like, not as noticeable because Spike was very, like... Uh, yeah, <laughs> Spike you know, did
1: run over the town sign on his way in.
0: <laughs> and he broke into the school and, like, all this yeah. stuff. So, like, Spike was a little bit more public about it. So it's possible that the mayor didn't know that that was happening. Mm-hmm. I um, could imagine
1: that... But it does seem like he it should have caught his attention eventually. But yeah, interesting.
0: Yeah, but that's a great question that I didn't think about was like, where is the mayor and all of this? Because this does seem like something that wouldn't really go along with his plans. Um Exactly it wouldn't and and, and yeah. it would, would basically cause offense to his like civic mind. Exactly. So.
1: And he wants to be the one in charge. Like there can't be a master around you yeah. know, be <laughs> calling yourself a master.
0: You can't be mayor of a town where that's being run essentially by vampires. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: All right. Mm-hmm. I have to think that the master bested him. I, and I kind of think that in, you know, at this, at this stage in the show, the mayor really doesn't have, you know, he's, it's unclear what his powers are, but he seems to not be that strong physically right now. So I could, I, I guess what I'm saying is that I could believe that the master could have taken him out.
0: It's interesting that we don't really ever get that question addressed in some way. And I never really thought about it before.
1: Me neither, actually. That was Alex's question.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, it also kind of, that's a similar question to what I had where like, you know, Anya says to Giles like, oh, this this reality is so much more interesting than I thought. But mm -hmm. like, what does she get out of creating this? That's what I don't, Yeah. like, like, it doesn't really do anything for her. Like, unless she just loves to watch it. I think she just like,
1: like watching Mayhem kind of. You know, she's watching everybody get punished. Like she definitely punishes Cordelia, which was, you know, I don't think she took no satisfaction in that, even though Cordelia was the one who called her initially. Yeah. I don't know. I think she was just enjoying the chaos. Yeah. And assuming that she could leave, you know, she can still go to some other town in this universe. She doesn't, she's not stuck to Sunnydale. Yeah. At that point,
0: at least. So you mentioned, I I do want to mention just a little, um, Mm -hmm. Couple of like fun notes. First of all, like the fashion. So you talk about Cole <laughs> like yeah. revenge outfit. Yeah. Um, it ages her so much. It like does. she's dressed for like she, the yeah. C suite or something. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like a, once again dressed for the office. But yeah. I have to say that I love that outfit. Uh, me too.
1: Me too. I thought But you, it I makes just Charisma Carpenter
0: again. look she like she's like thirty five.
1: Yeah. No, but, but she does look good. Yeah. Um and I like her blue outfit
0: too. I'm not uh, so into that one, but Um, like the she's very monochrome in this episode. Yeah. Like, um, when should they
1: go to the bronze later, she has that sparkle top and skirt again. Yeah. Also red.
0: They're they're definitely showing Cordelia putting in a lot of effort. Um, but also I want to mention one of the girls in um her group of friends that like makes fun of her and then is later the one that like is the guinea pig on the machine. Mm -hmm. So she is also in Bring It On.
1: Oh, okay. She does look a little familiar.
0: Are Buffy Bring It On cast members to three? (laughs) Wait, who's
1: the third one? Glory. Oh. Wait, who is she in bring it on?
0: So she and this other girl are like the two mean girls on the squad.
1: Oh, funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You're right. Okay. Which always cracks me up
0: because then Faith, obviously. Yeah, being the other one. I'm just like, oh, it's like Buffy's connection to bring it on. (laughs) Yeah.
1: That's really funny. Yeah. Um... Also just kind of, I, this is, a, I don't really have much to say about this other than I think it's a nice touch when early in the episode before the wish, uh, they're all hanging out the bronze and Cordelia is going above and beyond to try and make sure that it looks like she's having fun. But as soon as every, you know, as soon as she kind of turns away from the group, she like grabs her side because she still like has stitches in her side or whatever. But I always like that shot a lot of like, oh yeah, she's still physically hurting and obviously emotionally too. Like she's putting on a brave face, but she, that was a like big, a big wound.
0: Yeah, I mean, she had rebar growth. Uh, emotion- but I, I guess I mean,
1: it's a nice visual to the emotional wound that she's also still feeling from. Yeah. Also, her friends. I know I've said this before, and, and, and you convince me that, like, I understand why Cordelia is participating in this, but, like, she really is heads and tails above those other mean girls. Like, they don't know anything. What? <laughs> why is she listening to them? Ugh. Cordelia, just be your own master.
0: I mean I feel like we already kind of went through this with yeah. um an earlier episode after she first started with Xander, Xander. Yeah. but I guess now that you know at at that point Cordelia was a little bit more um willing to kind of just cut those friends out because mm-hmm. she had Xander and she had the other group right. but now I think now she she's no feels one. like she doesn't so. No exactly
1: like I totally get why I'm yeah I don't I don't really mean this as anything other than like yeah when you're in high school those things feel like that you have to do that but oh if only she realized how cool and special she was, you know? Yeah. Ugh. It is fun to watch Harmony be mean, though. I like seeing Harmony.
0: <laughs> she is very good at being mean. <laughs> Are you ready to move on to a minute? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'll just do a quick summary. There's definitely a little bit less plot that happens yeah. <laughs> in this one. The previous one was, like, very full. Um, yeah. So the gist of this one basically is that, you know, it's Christmas time and I'm trying to remember if this is the only Christmas episode that the show really Mm. ever did, Um, but it's a very explicitly Christmas episode. Like they're Mm -hmm. talking about the upcoming holiday. Um, Willow keeps reminding everyone that she's Jewish and basically everyone is trying to um, make up for things that they've done. So Mm -hmm. we see... um, Cordelia briefly being mean to Xander and his friends, but I think Xander is basically given up on Cordelia coming around, but Willow very much still wants to make things right with Oz. And um Oz approaches her and they they come up with a plan. They're going to hang out on Christmas Eve and so Oz is trying to um let Willow back into his life and honestly like it's it's great and I'll talk about that later. <laughs> But then, also meanwhile, um angel is acting very strange um mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, Buffy encounters him on the street and um uh, while she's Christmas shopping, and it's really awkward, but then she kind of figures out um later like something like he off screen we or uh, away from Buffy, we see that angel's having bad dreams, mm-hmm. um Buffy at some point pops into his dream, and we he realizes like. Something's wrong. She realizes something's wrong. They they come to figure out that he's being sort of mentally tortured by something called the first evil, mm-hmm. um, and this evil is basically trying to convince Angel to turn to turn evil and kill Buffy, but ends up. Um, what ends up happening instead is basically trying to convince Angel to kill himself, mm-hmm. and Buffy kind of has to stop that from happening. But meanwhile, he's being visited by all these like characters from his past that he's killed, including Jenny Callender.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and at the end of it, um, Buffy and Angel meet on this hilltop in town where Angel's waiting to be killed by the sunrise, mm-hmm. and they have this incredibly like emotional, devastating Fight and converse, fight conversation Mm -hmm. about what's going on, and then the sun never comes up. So, and it starts snowing instead, and this miracle non sunrise happens, and it doesn't (laughs) die. And yay! Yeah, and that's basically it. Like, in the we also see, um, you know, Faith continuing this trend of being um, a little bit separate from the group Mm -hmm. and unwilling to forgive Buffy yet for what had happened, but she mm-hmm. does come over to Buffy's house for Christmas Eve, and Buffy essentially leaves her there with Joyce so that she can right. go save Angel. Yeah, um, But we do get that through line of, like, continuing the tension with Faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and and a, Yeah.
1: A nice through line that I think Joyce is maybe the one... She kind of does always play that role, right? Of, like, maybe the only reason Faith came over is because Joyce was there.
0: Maybe. Or, like, or maybe Faith took Buffy at her word and decided to believe her that she wanted her there um yeah and we so we kind of basically it's just like there's more of like a theme of this episode of like Mm -hmm. everyone's trying to make up for the bad things that they had done sure throughout the year of course yeah worse things (laughs) well and and we also see of course angel having to you know you know basically i don't want to say swallow his pride but muster the courage to go to giles for help because giles is the last person that would ever be helping angel right or would ever feel any compulsion to do so now mm-hmm. considering Angel both killed his girlfriend and tortured Giles. Um, yeah. But he's the only one that Angel feels like he can go to the f- for help. Mm-hmm. So so that's basically it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have a lot of mixed feelings about this episode. And I think that the main thing is that, I mean, both now and later, I don't love the mechanics of the first. I don't think it makes a lot of sense. And so a lot of this episode is, you know, all, kind of all of the setup. I I don't love watching it, but I, again, kind of because I don't because I don't like this episode that much. I don't watch it as much, and I always forget that what I do enjoy is the final showdown with Buffy and Angel. And really, they're just like emotional, you know, that when they have to kind of really say everything out loud one more time, and they have this big fight. I do like that scene. I think that that really works. So. So a medium, <laughs> I give this when, episode a B. <laughs> you when know, Buffy okay. tells
0: him at the end, "I killed you and it didn't help," that yeah, like, I know. gets it's me a good like line. every single time. Yeah. And I don't know if it's like her delivery of that it line is. or like yeah. everything. It's just like, I mean, David Goranis totally, totally. in this episode, he, is yeah, uh, he's confusing acting with like heavy breathing. But like mm. Sarah Michelle Gellar is great, and yeah. that that final confrontation is just like she's begging him to not kill mm-hmm. himself.
1: Yeah. And 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 it's
0: just so raw from, like, everything that they've gone through. Because they really, like, they decided not to see each other anymore. Right. But they haven't really, I don't think, like, talked about what happened.
1: No, they haven't. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. No, you're right. And, And actually, now that I'm thinking about it, the other stuff that works for me in this episode, I mean, I like the way that Angel is kind of haunted by everything. And seeing the flashbacks is always interesting. You know, it it is easy to forget how cruel he, he really was. Um, in particular, I think about the the scene with the, um, uh, like the, not waitress, but the like housemaid, that yeah. one is really rough. And I, yeah. So I don't know. I do like seeing those things. I think a lot of the, like, yeah, the scenes kind of work for this. I just, I, the mechanics of the first, they just don't make sense to me.
0: Well, and I think some of it is, like, I feel like the first would be scarier if they kind of just mentioned, like, first evil, like, all of this. And then, but then at the end, when, like, Buffy kind of confronts her, like, that, like, demon thing pops up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, like, that ruins it for me. Like, I'm, like, it's way creepier if we never see the first true face. Right. And also, like, the idea of, like, it's not really the first so much as the... Priests of the first Mm -hmm. that are doing all of this, but it's really muddy and like unclear because, like, yeah, like, how can Buffy actually see the manifestation of the first? Like, it's all really strange. And, like, I mean, yeah, file this away for a couple seasons because Mm -hmm. any questions we have now are just gonna be ten. I still have them, yeah. Season seven. (laughs) So, I've seen the whole um, show and I
1: don't have a good answer.
0: (laughs) I agree, like, the first has never really been like a great villain, but Mm -hmm. I think that whatever clunky way we're getting here, this is a really interesting episode of everyone kind of reckoning with like what they've done and having to sort of like decide whether they're going to like forgive themselves or others and move on. Um, Because Angel does, I mean, he doesn't need the first to remind him of all of this stuff. And he also was like in this hell dimension forever, but like he's kind of just sitting in town doing nothing and, like, Mm -hmm. just kind of there. And, like, he kind of has to, like, decide, okay, I got brought back. I don't know why. They think in this episode they assume it's because the first brought him back. I feel like in Angel they kind of change that up a little bit and it's not the first who brought him back. Whatever reason he's come back, I think he has to decide what he's going to do with the second chance. Like, Well, that's
1: interesting that you're saying that now because I – I never thought about it this way, but this must be the first time that he really decides to leave, or this must be the seeds of that, you know?
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I never because, thought about it that way. Like, did was he brought back to just sit in a town and watch Buffy do what she does, but like not be with her, not be around right, her? Right, because I, like that's and how a can you he really help
1: if he's not with her?
0: Yeah, well, and that's what she's telling him. Like, yeah. you can do so much good. Like, right. you know, you have this like ability to help people. And that's what you can do. And I, I think you're right. Like, I think this is the very beginning of, like... And I think intentionally so. I yeah, mean, at this yeah, point... Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I think they plan. it. They know it, yeah. Angel's going off to his own show next season. Like, yeah. this is the very beginning of, like, charting the course for, mm-hmm. like, Angel's... Why Angel would leave and also Angel's new lease on life is, like, right. to help yeah. people.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, But also, you know, he has to reckon with what he's done. Like, that scene with yeah. Giles where, you know... Giles is a little bit stunned to see Angel at his door and yeah. um and Angel's basically just begging him for help. But, you know, then you get that great moment where Angel's like, Oh, you've gotta invite me in, and Giles is like comes yeah. back with a crossbow yeah. and he's like, I know. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just I mean, yeah. but like it's funny because I was like, kind
1: of I was judging Giles for that scene, but it, you know, I I know that he's right. I I still just everybody has such emotional reasons to feel the way they do about Angel and I support them all for the most part, except for Xander, obviously. But, um, it still always like hurts me a little bit, especially when Angel is so, so pained and so tortured all the time to have, you know, everyone else just add to the pile on is a little bit, I, I get it. But do you think? And, and I think that this is a le- this is a legitimate question. I'm not trying to be rhetorical, you know, would, uh, would Giles have treated Oz the same way if it, if something had happened while Oz was a werewolf, you know? I mean, I guess it's it's so different, the mechanics of their, how they manifest. So, like, obviously, if it's not a full moon, there's literally nothing to fear from Oz. But, like, it does feel like they don't treat Oz, they're they they they're so good at making that distinction with Oz in that when you're the werewolf, if something happens, we know it's not you, you know. But they don't really I cut think, Angel that slack.
0: I know it's I harder a because really he, good he, he looks like because, himself, but... Yeah, no, I think that's a great question because the whole, it's it's very much about, like, what they buy into, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, the whole thing with Oz is, like, his brain is totally taken over by the wolf and he, mm-hmm. like, can't, like, um, control his actions. But, like, the problem with that rationality and not applying it to angel is like the whole idea that they told us from day one is like it's a separate demon using your body right so like angel human soul angel has absolutely no control over the actions mm-hmm. but I think it's harder for them <clears throat> to separate it because it walks and talks like angel yeah. and, and it's harder
1: for us as viewers because again like the point we're always making they muddy that so much obviously well, and they have also, each other's memories so you, how, yeah. you know if you have someone's memories are you them I don't know
0: <laughs> well that's the problem it's memory Because like when Oz turns back into a man, like he doesn't remember what happened. Okay. But Angel definitely does. And he feels remorse for it. But it's like, how much like can he take responsibility and not take responsibility? And how much are they willing to let him do that? Like, you know, that whole scene with Giles is like, it's great. I think Giles is definitely in the right. Yeah. But also I think, of course, he comes around because like if Angel's suffering, like, it's only going to hurt Buffy if he doesn't help him. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, we see Buffy ask Giles for help, too. Yeah, like, she's I, telling him, like, she's assuring him that this is not a romantic request. Like, it's mm-hmm. just, you know, I, what you know, would happen. Which, know, is only if,
1: sort of true, though. Okay. She's lying yeah,
0: to Buffy's herself. Buffy's lying to herself. But, but, but fine, like, she's yeah. assuring Giles. But also, like, I think the risk is if this goes too far, if Angel's, like, basically going insane, like, how does that, like, what where Are they does they all that just at stop? Risk like, again. does he basically just mm-hmm. become evil and think, yeah, right. that, you know, it's like, it's right. it's a risk. yeah yeah, and then just,
1: yeah, he's, yeah, exactly. It's in their best interest to help him. It's always in their best interest to keep him, 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 like, uncursed, sane angel because he's so powerful. Yeah. Um, I do, so... I forgive Giles, you know, I, I know that Giles is in the right for the way that he initially reacts to Angel, but I do judge him for what he says to Buffy, which is, are you sure you can kill him again? Like, how many times does Buffy have to prove to all of you that she can kill Angel? You know, like, I, I know she's really raw in this episode, but like, yes, she can do it. She's done it. Stop.
0: Fortunately, it doesn't really come to that. I mean, I wonder if she could, though, because, you know, Angel decides to kill himself and Buffy doesn't let him, so...
1: But he's um, not actually, she knows that he's not actually cursed, like, cursed again, or uncursed, as it yeah. is. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I just think that, I, I hate that they still question, all throughout this season, you know, Buffy did the hardest thing she'll ever have to do, and nobody ever gives her credit for it. It's like, man, let her know that she did the, a really hard thing, and that she would be able to do it again if she had to.
0: Yeah. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about that scene that we already kind of mentioned between Angel and the maid. Um, yeah, Okay. So it's, it's an interesting window into more of Angel's past. Um, mm-hmm. But I think, especially given the events of the last couple weeks, yeah. it was incredibly blood-boiling to it watch. It was. It was really horrible. Yeah, rationale yeah. with her was, if you scream, why yeah. would your mistress believe that you yeah. weren't here voluntarily? Or, yeah. I, and then yeah, yeah about was I was just like,
1: <laughs> was I was like,
0: Oh my God! Like they're playing what? out like run of the mill everyday sexual harassment and assault through the through the lens of like a vampire feeding on a woman, but like, oh my yeah. god, like and
1: it, is it it's weird that like at the end of that scene when he finally vamps out and then just bites her neck, I was somehow relieved, like, oh, that's right, you're a monster because the rest of that scene is so realistic, you know yeah, like, like he, I, I hate that I'm relieved that he's only killing. Like, not that he's only killing her, but that, like, he's killing her because he's a vampire and not he's assaulting her because he's a man. <laughs> Which is, he's also doing that, but I, I mean, you know what I is certainly, mean? I mean, like that.
0: that's what this is basically a metaphor for course, in this yeah. moment. Of course, yeah. It is, yeah. But it and was that is just his intention. Really yeah, no, it was kind of hard to watch. It was, it
1: was, it was.
0: Ugh. <laughs> and then also, that's the one where, like, Buffy's there, but.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Ugh, no, you're totally right. That was. It was uh, that one, and that one always gets me. Again, I don't know why. I don't really remember the details of this episode every single time I watch it, and so I'm always think that he's gonna make his more generic vampire threats on her, and I always forget that it really is a like a sexual dominance situation where you know. And ugh.
0: Well, because I mean, yeah, we also see the other one, like the other flashback that we mm-hmm. got, where he basically we find out. Um, killed this young man on his wedding day but then also we see another person talking to him where he had killed his children and and Mm -hmm. that was striking because he was like I wondered who would have taken the time to arrange them so that they looked like they were just sleeping and I was like ah it's Miss Calendar yeah he definitely had like really bad Mm -hmm. things that he loved to do but like yeah this one particularly struck me as especially this unfair and and because they make
1: us watch it you know you can't, yeah. on network TV, let someone arrange dead children. But this is, you know, ugh. Which is but maybe its own mess so is, like is that we this were, is something that we're all so accustomed to seeing that it's, like, not that weird to put it on TV. But
0: but it's fascinating because mm-hmm. it's, like, on the surface, we're basically just watching him lure a victim and kill her. But, like, everything else about that scene points to something else. hmm Yeah. And I, ugh. I I don't remember who wrote this episode, but...
1: I This um, one is Joss Whedon.
0: Oh, he did. That's right. He mm-hmm. wrote and directed, and directed it.
1: it. Yeah.
0: That's fascinating.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, well. but I uh, it's just it's really hard. But um, so, I mean, but that's what like we kind of see this history. And then so in the end, when Buffy says, I know what you did because you did it to me. Like,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: it's true. Like it we true. see yeah. examples of everything that he's done. But like he did do all of this stuff to Buffy. It's, so, yeah. Um, I
1: mean, yeah, okay, well, shoot, now I want to go in two different directions. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess that what is nice about the final scene, or what you're saying, is that Buffy Buffy is a, a, able to kind of give him, not absolution, because again, you know, I mean, and for the whole entirety of Angel, he's never going to really forgive himself, and he shouldn't, because he really has done horrible things. And even though, yes, he wasn't in control of it, I I appreciate that his reaction, you know, ultimately his reaction is, I'm going to do as much good as I can to make up for everything that I did, or that somebody made me do. Um, so I, I appreciate that about Angel. But I like also that because Buffy is one of his victims, and well, ugh, no, I'm I feel like I'm just going to say something awful. I just mean to say that I like that she is a you know her forgiveness I think is what helps him
0: move on and Jenny I, this is a safe space you can yeah. say what you want to say. <laughs> well, I don't
1: want to accidentally say something that in any other context would be a terrible terrible. No, thing I to mean say. but this you is know, the problem again, of like, is,
0: like I trust that you're saying it from like sometimes <laughs> it's hard to like say things the way you want to say them to convey like
1: what I'm trying what to convey saying. yeah. <laughs> yeah. in the context of this supernatural show where I have accepted that angel and Angelus are for the most part, two different people that Buffy is a victim of Angelus, but not of angel. I appreciate that she's able to give him a little bit of respite from his self-torture and partially it's because they were involved and she is somebody who understands what she's saying when she says it. Yeah, I don't know if that's I mean, really that, a great point. That's though.
0: definitely in the line of like, if you're looking at this, this episode to, tell you anything new or um if you wanted to take the correct stance on like say abusive relationships like, right look elsewhere yeah. But I totally agree with what you're saying like she is the only, and one only because I
1: I I we've said this before but like yes this show is a metaphor for a lot of things but for me the Angel Buffy one is mostly not a metaphor for an abusive relationship it is a metaphor it is a situation where he is a mon- he is a literal monster and she is a literal super hum- superhuman so hopefully that but yeah but I feel bad about everything I just said so
0: no because it's interesting like <laughs> even watching the way Buffy confronts Angel like they get into an actual fist fight right like it's you have to kind of separate yourself from different realities Real, because role, this roles. isn't like yes, it's metaphorical, but like that's not the metaphor they're trying to make. Mm-hmm. I think, or
1: at least that's not the one I'm reading.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting.
1: Uh, well, yeah. going back to a less difficult point that I was gonna make, uh, watching all of angels torture, you know, one of the main Jenny is the one frequently who's the voice of the first who's there tormenting him there tormenting him specifically, and I do think that the things that she says are really pointed. You know, when she says to him that cruelty is the only thing you ever had talent at, like, that's rough. And it's true. You know, like, again, like the whole point that we've made before, and that she makes explicitly in this episode is that Angel as a human was worthless. He wasn't good at anything. He literally was like a drunk who didn't hold down jobs and was still probably like, harassing women on the street, you know, like he wasn't doing anything useful in any way. So when he turns evil... And the one thing that he's truly good at, it turns out, is that, is these coming up with ever creative ways to torture his victims is, ugh, I just, I think that was a well-placed comment that helped
0: well, the first make the, its point, you the, know? Um, the power of the first is yeah. nothing
1: to say things that, that are true. the first is
0: saying, and I always want to call it a she, but yeah. um, nothing, nothing that the first says to Angel is untrue. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's twisted a little bit to right. have different meanings and, like, implications, but it's all true. That's yeah. why it works so well, because Angel can't argue with it.
1: Yeah. Um.
0: um so, do you want to move to a slightly lighter subject? Yeah, please.
1: <laughs> I, still, I, ta- I still feel like I need to think about everything I said, and I am not convinced that I conveyed it. So, maybe we'll just scratch that.
0: I don't know, Jenny. I don't think you said anything, like, truly, like, I mean...
1: I guess I just didn't realize how difficult it would be to talk about. And the I mean, other, I think we talked about this a yeah. little bit
0: in Beauty and the Beasts. It's right. like, the show does not always make the best argument or the strongest argument against, um, rela- like, yeah, for cons- healthy relationships. relationships like, yeah. it, it, it doesn't. But, like, you have to kind of, like, you have to believe that the intentions of the creators and the writers was not that. Well, and I like, don't
1: think you have to, but I think that I am choosing to, you know.
0: Right, but I don't think that they were writing. I, yeah. I don't think that they were writing this show and saying, we're going to show an abusive relationship and glorify it. Right. Like, you have to believe right. that they're not doing that. Right. So, anything like it does pop up, it's problematic, but it's like, ugh, I mean, this is yeah. what we've got, so we've got to go with it. Sure. I don't know. I, I, I don't get know. where you're coming from. Like, it is tricky to talk about. And I wish like, I had thought
1: about that more before I started getting into it, though, is I guess. I was kind of just speaking because I had a thought while we were recording and not so much like and map that
0: out. Yeah. I guess what I want to say in a larger context is like, I understand why there's backlash against this show, but I also like, just feel like sometimes it's okay to watch this, like, and to to appreciate it and to like, just kind of give people the benefit of the doubt. Like, you know, because if I don't, then I have to like, Give up this thing that I I really right love. exactly so, I guess it's
1: like really what I want to say is like if that is too much for you as a person that not you Allie but you anyone then like I totally understand and respect that I'm making different choices for myself because this is the thing that mattered to, mattered to me and I think I can still
0: I think love you it. can acknowledge that yeah. it has problems right. but then still say that yeah. you're willing to live with it
1: I wonder too a little bit you know not to s- Just that making TV was a little bit different back then, and you think that, Yet on the one hand, they're learning how to do season arcs along with episode of the weeks really well, but then they do end up leaving tricks for themselves that then you basically have to retcon, you know? Like, because maybe they weren't expecting it to go on this long, or at the time, they were focused on making a good episode or a good season two arc, but not thinking about how that's going to affect the rest of the show later in a way that I feel like now people probably... After post lost, I think everyone has mapped out their entire shows a little bit more from the get go,
0: or you know maybe I mean who knows if they ever if the intention of turning Angel evil was like maybe we will kill him at the end right. of the season right yeah like yeah you just you never know I mean because it, because then yeah. that because the decision for a spinoff was made after they had turned Angel evil so then you do have to retcon how you get out of this hole right, that you built right, for yourself right and and the the fallout of some of that is you're not sending a very um yeah positive message about relationships and, right. and and you know what, but that's to also say is like sometimes people have bad relationships or behave badly, and they do truly repent and change, Maybe. so sometimes they don't, yeah, <laughs> but I think this particular example. Is supposed to be that he does feel very badly for what he's done. He, and he has wasn't changed, doing and also we himself. have the extra yeah. supernatural layer of we yeah. have to choose to believe what they want us to believe that right. it's not Angel, right? Ugh. That's why they, that's, <laughs> I honestly believe that's why they have two different names because right. that helps you distinguish them, right? Um, hmm. Okay, <laughs> so in that sense,
1: Angel is also a victim. Of this thing that he can't control, that can control him. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, I mean, it all goes back to the plot hole here of this clan cursing him with a really badly designed curse. Right,
1: right, right. (laughs) What were they hoping to accomplish? (laughs) Well, we know what they were hoping to accomplish. It was very poorly thought out.
0: I do want to talk about Willow and Oz, because honestly, like, I had this thought watching this episode of, like, why is everyone swooning over Angel all the time? I know. When we should all be swooning over Oz. Literally every
1: time. Every time he opens his mouth.
0: Like, that conversation that he has with Willow where he's telling her that he wants to try to forgive her and, like. Yeah. It's just, like it's so beautiful and and sweet but also like he's being cautious but then like you get this great scene where willow decides like to really prove to oz that she's like completely wants to be with him and not Mm -hmm. angel and so she decides like or as she (laughs) whispers to oz we could do that thing
1: yeah (laughs) you know my first thought when i that scene is like arrested development like (laughs) If you're still calling it that, then
0: you're not ready. Yeah. If you're calling it pop-pop, then yeah. maybe you're not ready. Um, well, Willow, Willow's calling it pop-pop. Yeah, um. She is. It, but it's so sweet. Like, Oz kind of, like, you know, obviously he's... Which, I mean, I don't know if I buy that a teenage boy would really be this mature about it, but... Mm. Um, I mean,
1: I buy that Oz would.
0: Sure. But Oz, I think, is yeah. a pretend person. Sure, he is. <laughs> yes. Um but Oz is really sweet, and he's telling her, like, no, we're we're not going to have sex. Like, you know, I want it to be because mm-hmm. we both need it to happen, not because, like, you're trying to prove a point to me. And, right. Um, but I do like that, like, the second beat of amends is that Willow is able to kind of make amends with Oz. Right.
1: And um, I guess what I like about that scene is that they still end up in a positive place at the end. Like, he does, yeah. He he accepts the gesture for what it was without... Doing something that he knows she, she they they both shouldn't they shouldn't be doing it you know, yeah. So I, I like that that they're able to move on, and, and yeah. I also
0: love that also in the end Xander is still alone in yeah. his sleeping bag outside. And yeah. he got exactly what he deserved. He
1: did. And also in this episode, he makes a real weird one eighty about Angel and how he's going to help Buffy and like I know I and he says something about like I know I wasn't always his fan and blah blah blah. I'm like, what are you doing? I just didn't make any sense. I think. Yeah. I guess he was just bored and he didn't want to be alone. But I don't at all believe that he changed his mind for a- about anything whatsoever having to do with Angel. I think he just literally didn't have anything better to do. And he has no friends now because, you know, Willow is back with Oz and Buffy was around ch- chasing Angel.
0: Yeah. Xander literally had nothing else to do. So he thought he might as well help. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. He never helps out of like the goodness of his Exactly. Heart. It's like, you yeah. he gets something out of it or he's just like, ah, this is what we're doing. I that guess was the I'll only way along. to hang out with his friends. Yeah. Um, um,
1: on a much lighter note, so in, as we watch Angel have all of his nightmares, we keep getting little glimpses of his uh, mansion home and his bedroom. Do you think that he has a housekeeper or does he just spend all day inside cleaning? Because it's really nice.
0: I found myself wondering if he even has indoor plumbing, because, like... <laughs> That's a good question. It's do an vampires, abandoned house. Like need
1: it?
0: Like, yeah, I mean, he has a fireplace, but, like, I was like, how does he take a shower?
1: Does he need to take a shower?
0: He gets he really sweaty doing Tai Chi.
1: You're right. But does he... Do, the, do vampires go to the bathroom? Never I mean,
0: I don't think that, but, like, I'm wondering if, like... I mean, I'm assuming he takes a shower at some point yeah.
1: well, you know we've haven't we seen him take a shower?
0: Have we? I don't know
1: uh, I feel like Buffy took a shower in innocence or surprise.
0: no, I don't think but that so. was a
1: different place. Oh, they were just wet from being outside,
0: yeah, that was okay. the rain. Maybe okay. that's how Angel takes a shower is when it rains. <laughs> every
1: time it rains <laughs> maybe <laughs>
0: <laughs> he, he's taking a snow shower at the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean,
1: also, that logic is bad. This, okay. Oh, there's no sun because it's snowing. What? But fine. Yeah, it's fine, like pitch fine. black
0: because it's snowing. That doesn't happen. Yeah. I mean, I would buy that the str- sun wouldn't be strong enough to, like, maybe kill him, but, like, right. this just seems odd. Um, he should also, still be I don't, like, why is it snowing? Like, what caused well, it's the miracle. snow?
1: Well, it a miracle. Oh, actually, I think it was global warming because before that, it's, like, 70 degrees. As they make many pointed comments about how unseasonably hot it is that year. I, but right. hey, but
0: then, hey. then, then what causes this cold front and like the snow? Like, I assumed it was something that they did, but I, it's never clear to me like why it starts snowing.
1: I think it was just a miracle, but <sighs> also, 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 <laughs> also, it, it legitimately was like 80 degrees and humid one night on Saturday, like a week ago, and then the next day it was like 50 degrees, and I was like, all right, sure.
0: Well, here's the other it's thing, just even life now. if it's suddenly 30 degrees outside. There's right. a lot of snow sticking to the ground and it wouldn't if it was just seventy degrees the day before. If the it ground was would be all, too warm.
1: I mean it's magic snow alley. <laughs>
0: I guess it's also, magic snow that blocks the out the sun about and that, sticks to the ground. That really bugs me is like Angel didn't really decide not to kill himself. I like know. the sun just didn't rise, I and then know. he was like, "Okay, I guess I'm over this." Like, but he and never made a decision of, of like, "Okay, I'll live." Like it's like, yeah, like they're both expecting the sun to come up, and well, then it just starts snowing.
1: I'll be honest with you; we've talked about this before, but that's kind of Angel's thing—not making choices for himself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, letting whatever happens happens and deciding that that was the right
0: way. I guess. He's very passive.
1: How did they get rid of the first? Was I not paying attention or is it just like, oh, Angel feels better now, so I guess it can't um, hurt
0: him? Did she kill the priests? Maybe. I think she killed the priests and then I think um, the first was kind of like, fine. I'll, I think the okay. first just kind of went away. Does it
1: need bringers? I, I have to I have to talk about this again later.
0: Uh, I don't know because I feel like There's a lot of more complicated things that happen in Mm -hmm. the next time we deal with the first that Mm -hmm. don't really answer these questions, so Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um,
1: Uh, I did like when Buffy and her mom were shopping for Christmas trees. Uh, Well, really, it's not that I liked it. I mean, I like it as much as anyone likes shopping for Christmas trees. I just wanted to say that uh, my family had a very strict no-flocking policy. Her mom asks her if they want to get one of the ones with the fake snow on it. Absolutely not. Joyce, how yeah. dare you also, even suggest it? Also, their
0: tree, do people really decorate their tree on Christmas Eve?
1: I always wonder that. I think that's just a thing people do on TV. I mean, I have occasionally we've come pretty close because, like, once I went away to college, it was hard to like get home that much earlier than that. But no, that's crazy. Then you, you enjoy it for one night and take it down. What are you talking? What are you doing? I
0: know, like you, at most you get it until for like the week until the yeah. um the end of the year. But like that just to me seems like a huge waste of a tree.
1: I agree. No, I definitely decorate not retire for like a month. Yeah. Um, shoot, I had another thing to say about their Christmas traditions that I forget what it was now.
0: Was oh, the angel on top?
1: <laughs> no, but that was kind of funny.
0: I guess I don't
1: understand the dream thing either. Was the first making that happen or was that Buffy Slayer powers? How is See, she in Angel's dreams?
0: I feel like the first was making angel dream but then Buffy's slayer powers were putting her Mm, in the dreams or something that's where I kind of landed on that again (sighs) unexplained also
1: them having sex in his dream I I have to assume that he doesn't finish because later there is definitely a suggestion that if Angel just thinks that he's happy you know in a dream then he will get cursed again or uncursed Oh. so they can't have dream sex because that will still cur- uh, make him evil
0: is um, that really how it works
1: they do it again in angel
0: oh right no i mean I thought that was not a dream
1: it wasn't real it's not real huh. it's not a thing that happens in real life maybe it's not a dream exactly but all right well i'll have to look into it but i suspect that Uh, just just ask him some questions
0: see I also thought that it wasn't like Angel having sex it was Angel having sex with Buffy uh
1: okay do you not remember any (laughs) I'm thinking about stuff that happens in the show Angel because he does get become Angelus again
0: I know, but I thought it was like they just tricked him into something, but really it was like they did something else that took his soul away. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're going to get there. We'll have to watch it again. I've only (laughs) seen it once, but I'm going
1: to look it up after we stop recording. I'm pretty sure that's not the case. All right. I'm.
0: Yeah, because he has sex with Darla and it doesn't work. Like she wants to take away his soul and it doesn't work. Yeah, because he's not in love with Darla. Okay.
1: Yes, it's not sex with anyone. That part is confirmed. But it's not only Sex with Buffy.
0: Yeah. Um, did you see at the end of this that the little mutant enemy had a Santa hat? No, I didn't. Oh. Because <laughs> I actually, I, so this is now you're going watching back them. to my <laughs> original question is like, is this Buffy's only Christmas episode?
1: I think it is. I can't think of another one.
0: I know they have a Thanksgiving episode, but they're not really, Then they have a couple Halloween episodes, but they never really do a lot of holiday Mm-mm. themes.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that kind of makes sense.
0: Well, I guess they did a Valentine's Day episode.
1: Mm.
0: Maybe they just agreed to only do each holiday one time,
1: except for Halloween, which makes sense because this is totally a Halloweeny show. Yeah. Hmm.
0: And I feel like in some ways doing the sequel Halloween one was a commentary on the first
1: one. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. true. Oh, I know what I was going to say about Christmas in this episode. This is actually my nightmare about what Christmas is going to be like this year. That's going to be 80 when I go home. Oh.
0: Yeah. Why do you think it's going to be 80 degrees? I just because it's hot
1: all the time now always even in on the east coast in the north and I imagine that when I go to California it's just gonna be the same thing. I just hate when it's not cold on Christmas. I hate that it doesn't snow literally every year on Christmas and do you know how many times that has happened to me in my life? Zero. It has never snowed on Christmas at one time in my life <laughs> where obviously
0: where I've been it's certainly snowed other places. But Hollywood has convinced you that that's supposed to happen no
1: no my own soul has convinced me that that's what I want to happen and I so what I'm saying is that if at if I can't have snow at the very least it can be cold so that I can put on blankets and start a fire I feel like well, even last year it was pretty feel warm. better
0: if I assure you that you don't really want it to snow on Christmas because then you will have to spend part of your Christmas shoveling the driveway no
1: absolutely I will not have to do that <laughs> where are we gonna go on where are we gonna need to go on Christmas
0: no, you have to shovel it when it falls because then if it melts a little and bit get... and freezes overnight, it's extra hard to shovel.
1: I think that if it happens to snow See, you in say California... this because you've
0: never had it snow no. at your house, but... No, it has
1: snowed once at my house. It did snow once when I was like three, and it didn't stick on the ground long enough to need to be shoveled.
0: So you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, I'm saying
1: even if it snows in California where I live on Christmas, it's not going to need to be shoveled because it'll melt by the end of the day.
0: Okay, well, I'm just trying to make you feel better by telling you that Mm-mm. when it snows on a holiday it actually isn't that fun
1: Allie if it snows on Christmas I'm just gonna make you shuffle
0: it <laughs> you're <laughs> well, I'm clearly, clearly telling me then. you
1: know how to do it so <laughs> <laughs> I'll just you'll have to show me how to do it and I'll just ask you to show me so many times that you'll finish <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. I won't Well, make now that you do you've that. made this very strong case that I should come to your house for Christmas, Allie, do you have wanna... their
1: plans. <laughs> uh, my mom asked me to ask you if you want to come over for Christmas.
0: Uh, I'm going tell her I said no because Jenny told me I have to shovel the, the non-existent <laughs> snow. Uh, uh, uh,
1: uh, okay, I won't really make you do that. Obviously, my dad would do it anyway. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, he would.
0: Make your brother do it.
1: Well, if I could make him do that. We got, we got into a fight about s'mores yesterday for the hundred thousandth time. It was, it was pretty fun because um, I made I've been making s'mores in my cabin in the woods. And my brothers and my sister and I don't agree on how to pronounce it. Um, so they actually John Hodgman was doing a like Facebook Live event like yesterday while we were arguing, and so Matt was like my brother was like I'm gonna ask him how to say it, and so he, and he did he responded to Matt's like question on on the air, but he said both of them. He didn't answer, he didn't give us an answer.
0: But he just read the question, he
1: read it and he was like, S'mores, you say s'mores, like spores, and he was like, Or you could say s'mores, and then he moved on. I was like, No, Do you made this worse. <laughs> Pick
0: a side. <laughs> now, <laughs> anyway, I have absolutely everyone... no faith that he would be helpful at all in the great debate, yeah, in the great the debate.
1: I know. Hmm. Well, if our listeners want to write it and tell us how you pronounce s'mores, I'll tell you that you're wrong if you say it the wrong way.
0: (laughs) If you write in, we can't promise that we'll check our email, but...
1: (laughs) I check our email. I'm the only
0: one. Oh, do you? Yeah. Okay. You know
1: Jordan writes us all the time. Does he? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. There's like six messages from him. I respond. No, I don't respond in a timely fashion, but I respond.
0: That's good. At least one of us is checking it. Because it occurred to me the other day that I remembered we had an email. It occurs to me like, that
1: I know you're never oh. reading it because I because they're always unread when I go in.
0: <laughs> you um, should go read them,
1: though. He has interesting thoughts.
0: Yeah, I should look them up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, But what I would encourage is is people should write in, in their reviews about what they want to yeah. <laughs> say or, about the correct pronunciation of yeah. s'more.
1: That Once More the Commentary podcast really got s'mores right. Five stars. You could even say it's
0: a once more with commentary.
1: Uh, And I will. (laughs) Can we get Ryan to edit our logo real quick? (laughs) Uh,
0: Maybe for the holidays we'll be once more with commentary. (laughs) That's
1: really funny. Uh,
0: Um, Okay. Do you have any pop culture this week that you want to share?
1: I haven't finished anything. I finally got Alex caught up on The Good Place, but... I haven't, so that's what I've been doing a lot of that. And I started the Golden Compass, but I've only two chapters in. So no, I've been relaxing by rewatching <laughs> oh, The Good Place and also Full House.
0: <laughs> that sounds, well, I'm in favor of one of those <laughs> options. <laughs> also, don't forget that you made me watch like countless episodes of Fuller House. You agreed Christmas, to that. So... You
1: agreed to it.
0: Well, are never going to be like <laughs> come and be, like demand we watch something else.
1: Mm, true. Well, we won't do that this year because season three already came out and we've already seen it. I haven't. No, I know. But me and Ashley have, so it doesn't matter. Oh,
0: have have you made your parents watch it yet?
1: No, but they don't. That's a me and Ashley specific thing. Okay. We will definitely be rewatching old episodes of Full House, but I can. We don't need to do that while you're there.
0: Okay. You will
1: do it when you're out
0: shoveling the sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> But that will only take uh, me like 10 seconds because it's pretend You're going to go outside snow.
1: and watch it melt, and then you'll come back inside. <laughs> uh, okay. Wait, do you have any pop, pop culture um, recommendations? No, I
0: don't. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, well, I... Oh, I... Oh, shoot. Uh, I know what I'm trying to say. It's coming out eventually. Okay. Um, <laughs> I am probably team oz this week
1: i'm team evil willow
0: ah i like it
1: (laughs) all right i'll talk to you next week
0: all right bye once more with commentary is produced by me ali and me Ginny.
1: our theme music is from the album rockingham by nerf herder
0: and our podcast logo is by ryan cooney you can email us at scoobies at oncemorewithcommentary.com with any feedback, questions, comments that you have, and find us on Twitter and Instagram at podcast.
1: You can also find our most recent episodes and any show notes at oncemorewithcommentary.com.